Hey everyone and welcome to a special series we have from the Marketing Leap, a one-day conference we threw on February 29th in Kitchener-Waterloo for B2B marketers. In this episode, customer success experts Larissa Wood and Holly Thiessen sat down for a nice fireside chat about how marketing never ends and how to make customer success an integral part of your marketing throughout the entire customer lifecycle. A big thanks goes out to Arc Media for recording this audio. Find them at arc-media.ca. I'm going to tell you the truth. It's the honest marketer. Sincere, legit, and never fake. So now let's all raise the roof. It's the honest marketer. A real podcast from Funnel Cake. All right, let's start off with some audience participation. We'd love to know how many of you are working in organizations that have a customer success team as part of your organization. Uh, so maybe a third or so, interesting. All right, well maybe we'll get some converts as Larissa and I uh, talk about uh, the wonderful things that uh, come with customer success. Excellent. Um, so has everybody gotten all their gluten-free snacks? Everybody's all set? No bingos? Okay. We'll carry on then. Okay, so let's start right from the beginning. When we talk about customer success, what does that mean? Yeah, customer success. So a couple things come to mind with customer success. First is that it's the mission, the core value of the organization to deliver customer success. If you look at Salesforce's marketing, there's customer success plastered over everything. They are a customer success platform. So you could look at it that way, and that's wonderful. Uh, another way to look at it is that uh, you can have a customer success team within your organization. Uh, both are, uh, are, generally speaking, at the highest level looking to achieve the same outcomes, and that is for your customers to get as much value as they possibly can out of the uh, solution that you're offering. That's fundamentally what it's about. And then once you get a little lower from there, customer success looks a lot different depending on the organization you're in. So we're going to explore that a bit more as we go through our conversation. Absolutely. And we want to keep this nice and casual. You might have noticed that we have some flames. This is a nice fireside chat. It's not just because Holly's going to be on fire during this, I'm sure. Um, so when we talk about customer success, I think it's really important to take it back a step. I mean, we're all customers in our daily life. Every day. Right? Um, and I think that the B2C market has thought about this a lot more, I guess, than, than we're seeing in the B2B side. And so what reminds me of this, I recently took a family trip. I have very young children, so we decided to do something out of character and do a theme park, the most uh, famous theme park in the US. Um, so my husband and I are not theme park people, and we were basically thinking, okay, well, you know, we're going to suck it up and they'll be happy. And I don't know if this happens to anybody else on vacation, but I started to see all these things that related back to my career while I was there. And I was actually stunned by how operationally excellent this experience was and how, even though, if any of you have gone to this place, realize it's not a low-cost experience, I was so happy at the end of it. And, and I, I have been describing it to people as, you know, 
I felt like I was getting this warm hug that I didn't even notice that they were sort of taking money out of my pocket while they were hugging me. So how do you, how do you sort of translate that experience into the B2B setting? And for me, there were two key things that this organization did. The first was really getting to know you as you plan this type of trip. What are your goals and what do you as the customer define as success? And then the second piece was that everyone that worked for this organization was focused on customer success. I'm talking about people from parking attendants to cashiers to actual cast members and characters. The entire organization is about making the customer happy. So how do we translate that into a B2B environment. Yeah, it's a tall order for sure. And I'm, and I'm guessing that many of you out there are thinking about that uh, a lot every day because you are so customer focused and it's not, uh, it's not easy. There's not uh, one answer for it, that's for sure. We've got different types of organizations and uh, varying customer experiences that we're all trying to deliver. Uh, all wonderful experiences but they can be vastly different across, across organizations. At the end of the day though, it's that experience that your buyers, that your end user clients, that's what they're going to remember. So there's definitely been a shift in B2B SaaS organizations toward customer experience and customer success and a rise in customer success mm -hmm. team, teams. Why do you think we're seeing that shift? Sure, there's, there's been a huge shift. So let's, let's talk about some of the things that have happened, and this won't be new news to you, but just put it into context of what's, uh, what's gone on the last few years. Certainly, you've all seen the move from on-premise software to software as a service, and that has fundamentally changed the delivery of software to, uh, to customers. You've seen a move to um, agile software development, which has meant that there's constant iterations and um, enhancements happening to, to the solutions. That has implications across your organization, uh, especially if you've got a very agile <laughs> group, uh, development group. There's also the financial piece of things. We've moved from customers buying software licenses and paying maintenance to this subscription model and recurring revenue. So the consumption economy, as many are talking about. So that's had a, a very big impact on how we, um, how we charge, but then how we deliver and see our ongoing revenue. And then a uh, final thing I would say is that, um, and having spent many, many years working with clients, selling and uh, servicing them ongoing, so we moved from a more reactive account management and, and customer engagement model to a much more proactive uh, engagement model. And we're going to talk about how CS has become very data-driven uh, further along as well. Absolutely. Those are, those are some of the shifts that I've seen. Excellent. One of them that you touched on very briefly really aligns to retention for mm -hmm. me. So obviously in a SaaS organization, retention is vital. Um, and as the customer base grows, uh, of course, current customers make up such a large part of the revenue of the organization. And the larger the customers are on their own as well, losing one customer can have a huge impact um, to revenue. So let's discuss the role that CS plays in, uh, in a SaaS organization with respect sure. to retention. So first I want to draw a picture because we're trying to get more 
active involvement here. <laughs> uh, so talking about retention. This is the picture that I draw for my CS team now, and I have a former uh, lovely colleague of mine in CS uh, from back in my Achievers days in the back there. Faz, I didn't have this drawing back then, but it's new, <laughs> although not so new. So I draw a simple circle for the uh, CS team as well as the executives at, uh, at Post Beyond. Here is our customer base and the ACV, the annual contract value that we've signed uh, with them. This is very precious. Everyone should be doing whatever they can to protect and grow this. Because, back to Larissa's example, if we suddenly lose a big chunk of that pie, man, is it hard to make it up. You can go back to the sales team and the marketing team and say, hey, we just lost a million dollars worth of ACV. Not good. <laughs> Not good at all. Or we run programs so that this doesn't happen. And in fact, we make the picture look even better because we not only retain that pie there by renewing our annual contracts, but we grow it. And we grow that by cross-selling, upselling, growing the, the piece of business with us. And that is called negative churn, which is a wonderful thing. All right, so if you haven't heard of negative churn, as a marketer, please keep that one in mind because that is where you as marketers and CS can partner together and do awesome things for your business. So you mentioned, you know, if you're in the scenario where part of that pie has disappeared, you might be going to the sales or to the marketing team. Hopefully that's not the reason you're going to sales no. and marketing. And, and we often talk about sales and marketing being closely aligned and, and working together. Um, but Christina Elwood in her opening speech talked about the fact that marketing and CS have really just started scratching the surface in terms of how closely they work together. So how do you see the dynamic shifting inside these organizations between the marketing sales alignment to now include CS? Yeah, this is an area that I really hope to see leaps and bounds. Leaps? Huh? No? Okay. All right. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> You're doing your best. For late in the afternoon. Uh, uh, improvements um, on the partnering between sales, marketing, and CS going forward. I think that this is going to take um, our engagement with customers uh, to a whole new level because... While the customer success team so far have been doing a fantastic job at um, understanding the customers, helping to deliver on that promise that the sales and marketing team have put out there, um, there's an ongoing conversation, an ongoing relationship to be built. And it's not just your CSM, your customer success manager, with that customer. It's your organization. And that's where I think marketing can play a huge role going forward. And really teaching these newer CS teams, because as we mentioned, it's only been in the last few years that uh, customer success has, has um, surfaced. The newer CS teams can learn a lot from the things that are um, fundamental to what you do in marketing every day. And that can have a big impact on the success um, that we have engaging with customers. Do you yeah. want to comment on that? Because you've got some experience in, on that front as well. <laughs> 
I'm caught off guard. I caught off guard. All right. <laughs> I was okay. actually I was actually one of the the points that that was brought up earlier was respect to with respect to data. I think it's been woven through everybody's mm -hmm. presentation and how the marketers in this room are all using data to inform their daily decisions and um, you know definitely sales is doing the same. And so when we start looking at customer success and the rise of data-driven customer success, how do you see that evolving? Sure, so uh, data is driving what I and my team do every day. Um, so let me break that down for you. Um, we've heard at uh, times throughout the day today uh, talk about software and software usage. That is my lifeblood. Like, I see that as um, key metrics that when I wake up in the morning, that where there was a question earlier about, you know, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? I look at usage metrics, right? I want to know what my customers are doing with my software because at the end of the day, that those are the facts on the ground with how engaged they are with the software. So would you say that you have uh, metrics come to Jesus every morning? Is that... That would be a great way to put it, okay, Larissa. Okay, yeah, good, that good. would be... Perfect. Glad we're on the same page. Yeah, we're Sorry. on the same page and with some of the crowd, yeah. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> the same bingo page. That's fine. <laughs> awesome. Um, so usage metrics are, are telling us what our customers, our end users are doing with our software, and that allows us to have really insightful, engaging, proactive conversations um, with our customers that then turn into those uh, discussions about what else they can be doing with the, with the software so that they do get optimal value from the solution. Now, that's not the only thing. Before we move off it, though, how do you even measure uh, their engagement? How do you measure their satisfaction, their happiness, right? There are so many different metrics at play. So what are some of the, I guess, core things that, that you're looking for? Sure. So aside from usage, uh, which I always look at it, it's got to be going up to the right this way, right? So my, the end users have to be using the software more and more all the time. That tells you they're happy because if they weren't happy with it, it would be either on the downward curve or it would be flat. So um, outside of the software usage though, there's obviously surveying, so very familiar with doing net promoter score surveys um, and getting that feedback from the program owners and, um, and others within the organizations that we work with. Um, also, I would say that there's huge opportunity now to be using uh, other SaaS tools, if you haven't got it already built into your platform, which most companies don't, to do um, in-app um, surveying or in-app um, discussions, and that can be hugely beneficial. If you think about the listening that you'd like to do from a marketing perspective to hear what what customers are saying, there's lots of opportunity to um, be in the early days of adopting some other tools that'll give you uh, additional insights. Excellent. And as much as um, the role is becoming much and much more data-driven, I've seen some debate as well around how much of a customer success role is data-driven versus relationship-driven. And I don't know that that's the right phrasing necessarily, one versus the other, because I think both are so crucial. Mm -hmm. But I guess, can you speak a little bit about um, data-driven versus qualitative types of metrics that you would get from the ongoing relationship you have with customers? Sure. So I, I think depending on what solution you're offering, uh, you will have more or less relationship, 
right? When we're selling to uh, large organizations, you tend to have uh, more direct uh, relationships, and that's a key part of what you are delivering in that experience overall. At the other end of the spectrum, you can have very little contact, um, individual contact with your customers, and it's all just about the, uh, the platform that you're delivering. But I do think that um, it has to be a, a, a thoughtful plan around what that relationship looks like um, as part of the overall experience. And that's where you come back to the, what is the company view of the customer experience that you're delivering. I've heard too often where it's, well, customer success delivers the customer experience. Like, no, customer success is part of your customer experience. Um, it is not uh, the, the customer experience. Right. right, and you're often the face, but there are so many touch points, and obviously the product is core to that customer yeah. experience as well. And that kind of goes back to, you know, uh, to be successful, does, it, does the entire culture of the organization really have to be focused around customer experience? And I know that was something that Christina touched on during her opening as mm -hmm. well, right? Um, everybody really should be mindful toward the customer, regardless of role in the organization. Are you finding that that's becoming a bit of a cultural shift as well? Certainly there's organizations that do a better job of focusing on the customer. Uh, because while most organizations say they're customer focused, the, they experience challenges in that they're still very siloed in how they execute that customer experience um, across, across the different departments. Uh, so the ones who are most successful in delivering the customer experience really bring uh, that holistic view of the, the customer together and have, have um, not only put that focus, but that passion around the customer. And, and I would say when I was at Achievers, uh, we, uh, we definitely had that, that passion for the customer, for what we were delivering, and, um, and, and we rallied together as a team to deliver on that, on that experience. Now what we're doing at PostBeyond, same thing, we're just earlier days, and it's, it's very exciting if you can be part of bringing that team together uh, to deliver on the experience. It's interesting, depending on the culture of the overall organization, I've also seen the customer success team live in different areas of the organization. So uh, I think the most typical place where you see it live is within sales or as an extension of the sales team. But I've also seen it sort of live off on its own, um, live within the support community, so an implementation, customer success, and support sort of hybrid team. And I've even seen it live under the finance team. Sure. So, you know, in, in your experience, where, where do you see the best alignment, or what, where have you seen great results with a customer success team being aligned to any one of those mm. sort of... Now that is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say, in my salesy way, it depends. <laughs> so um, I, I've seen CS be successful under various different reporting structures, and again, it's still it's still very early, and and um, it really depends on where your organization um, is and where you're going to. Many CS organizations um, have grown up out of support. 
because what's happened is there, there was no CS organization or, or department and there was a need for a support team, so the support team was there and then all of a sudden what needed to happen in order to deliver that customer experience got well beyond reactive customer support. And so then was birthed the customer success team in a lot of um, organizations. And they were either standalone under the COO or the chief revenue officer is um, typically where I've seen it. I, I was just at a, um, a customer success conference last week with 100 other executives in the CS space. And I would tell you that um, very few now would be putting CS in the operational side of the business. It's more under um, sales and, and revenue. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously there needs to be alignment with a number mm -hmm. of different groups, especially when you start talking about things like uh, enablement um, and customer onboarding as well. So, you know, how we get customers off on the right foot. Wonderful, we've sold them, that's fantastic. How do we make sure that out of the gate they're having a great experience with our product? And what are some of the important behaviors um, that we want to be taking on to make sure that they're getting the best value out of the gate? Hmm. Well, I think one of the really key things is to um, take a look at your um, customer onboarding. And again, this varies widely, but look at what that experience is, how it's been successful, and then um, how you can tee up that successful onboarding in the marketing and sales process. Because a happy customer in onboarding um, is, is a customer who understood what they were coming in to get, and then uh, the company, uh, whether it's CS or uh, um, a broader group of people, are delivering and delighting on those expectations that were set. So I think that's where, on the customer side, it's, it's really on the, the customer-facing groups to ensure that we're communicating back what's working, what's not working, and continuing to communicate with the, the sales and marketing organizations so that the, um, the right expectations are set up front. Absolutely. Now let's say we've done everything right. We've it happens all the time. We've <laughs> sold to the perfect organization. Perfect customer, yeah. We've implemented them really effectively. They've gotten everything that they need, and they're just ready to sing our praises. They're ready to become... A raving fan. An advocate. An advocate, <laughs> yes, yes. So I think that this is a big topic, how to create advocates. And then what does that mean, right? Because it's, it's a very um, large concept, and it's a very give and take concept as well. They're willing to be an advocate for your organization, and that's wonderful. And what are they getting back over and above the typical customer experience and, and how does a customer success team work really effectively with marketing to make that mm -hmm. community function well. Let's talk all things advocacy. Oh, there's so much on that, uh, on, on that front for both sides because it's so critical uh, for our organizations, all of us, to have those advocates, whether they be the individual champions at our customers or just that, that organization overall is a, is a big um, advocate. Um, but it's, it's also a big ask of our customers in, in some ways. Um, so uh, if building an advocacy program or uh, um, a, 
a customer reference program, depending on what you want to call it, um, is really important for, uh, for both, par both parties. And I, I would come back to so that both parties can, can benefit uh, mutually from that, uh, from that relationship. Obviously, our friends in Toronto at Influitive are leaders in the um, customer advocacy Definitely, space, and we yeah. can take a lot of lessons from, from how they're engaging the advocates um, at, their, at their customers. Um, I think that uh, um, the, the give back uh, that uh, Influitive uh, really helps to foster is, is wonderful. Um, and really creating that community um, amongst their, their customers uh, is, uh, is something I think that's, uh, that's fantastic that um, we should all be looking at and was talked about earlier with Christina about building communities. Uh, these days, um, your community can have s uh, such a powerful impact on your brand and on your, on your business that uh, investing in community makes a lot of sense. And I think the great work that Influitive does speaks to how how large in scope these advocacy programs can really be, mm -hmm. right? It's certainly not just, let's create this program and we'll send them an email every now and then, and now we have advocates, right? You yeah. definitely want to have um, a program in place that makes your customers feel that they are getting something that is above and beyond. Yeah. Uh, they're seeing a lot of value from it, but then you're also able to maintain that feedback loop and get a lot of great metrics that can inform how you're speaking to new prospects and how you're creating additional advocates. And yeah. it can take on a life of its own, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool. Um, so one thing I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to do, if there's time for Q&A, that would be awesome. But I wanted to make sure that if, if all the marketers in here could leave with one major piece of information or one, one major insight about customer success from you, what would that be? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an ask. With all of the focus there is on the relationship between um, sales and marketing, my ask would be to then extend that view to include the entire customer experience and think about how customer success is part of that triumvirate uh, to really deliver outstanding customer experiences. Excellent. Mine would absolutely circle back. I know that that was said earlier, but in case anybody is taking another look at their <laughs> bingo card. Uh, mine would certainly circle back to the idea that everyone within the organization should really be focused on what it is that the customer needs and is looking for and what drives value for the customer. Because ultimately, I think that's where you're going to, as an organization, see the most growth. Um, so that would be my major takeaway. Yeah. Thanks again to Arc Media for capturing all the audio from the Marketing Leap. Find them at arc-media.ca. I'm gonna tell you the truth. It's the Honest Marketer, a real podcast for funnel cake. <laughs> <laughs>